Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Cassandra Britton. She is the founder and CEO of the CV Mindset. How are you doing today, Cassandra? Oh, I'm doing very well. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here and share a bit about your story and your journey with us here on the Empowerography podcast. I appreciate you taking the time and spending the time with me today to tell your story and your journey. Mm -hmm. Here to empower, educate, and entertain. So happy to have this conversation. So Cassandra, you are a serial entrepreneur who owns and runs three businesses and a podcast host. That's a hell of a lot to keep one person busy. I mean, running one business is tough enough, never mind three. So what do you do to stay on top of things and stay organized? How do you prioritize your time? So, I mean, I could talk all day about all this sort of stuff. But I think <laughs> one, of the, one of the biggest things is, you know, having a really good scheduling system. So in addition to using, you know, like an Outlook calendar or Google calendar or something to that effect, also having an agenda that is in 15 minute intervals, not hour, not half right. an hour, but 15 minute intervals. And something that I'm kind of known for is my productivity and time management planning. So just being very intentional about how I spend my time and making sure that it's allocated in, in all the proper ways in my life so that there is still that balance between managing three businesses, running a podcast, playing competitive hockey, and of course, having a personal life. Yeah, exactly. That's That's a hell of a lot to juggle for sure. What were you doing before making the jump into entrepreneurship? So I was in the corporate world. I feel like so many of us are. I was working for Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. Uh, mm -hmm. So I was in the global partnerships department working across all four of the platforms. So the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Toronto Raptors, TFC, and Live Nation. And that was kind of like my my big I guess, big break, if you will, into the yeah. sports industry. And that was my last job right before I decided to venture off into entrepreneurship and, and kind of taking that leap into doing my own thing. So my background was really in sports and in business and in marketing. And, and then I decided that I was tired of, of doing the nine to five grind and working for somebody else. And I wanted to make my own path and I wanted to set that own number for myself on my own, my own paycheck. Yeah. What was that transition like for you from the corporate world into entrepreneurship? I mean, I'd be lying to you if I said it wasn't terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and I think one of the biggest reasons why so many of us don't venture into entrepreneurship is because they're scared. You know, they have that kind of scarcity mindset and they like to know that they're going to have the same paycheck every week and that there's going to be a job for them. Yeah. Whereas entrepreneurs, we don't have that stability However, we get to create that number and we, we right. get to create what that looks like. So the transition for me was for some people, there might be kind of like dipping their toe in the water, but I like to dive right in the deep end. So it was a, a full transition yeah. from one into the other. I was smart with my money. I saved up quite a bit of money and I knew that leaving, you know, it wasn't even a lot. It was like $40,000 $40, um, yeah. was my salary and leaving something like that for the potential of being able to earn 
you know, six, seven figures was, yeah. was kind of a, a, you know, a no brainer for me. So what advice then would you give someone who has that fear and is letting that fear stop them from making that jump? I mean, I tell my clients all the time, you need to feel that fear and every ounce of it. And then you need to do it anyways. Something that I kind of do with myself anytime I'm faced with a decision that I'm feeling fearful or I'm scared of what's going to happen is I do the simple five, four, three, two, one, do it. You know, Mel (laughs) Robbins famous five, four, three, two, one. And it's just, we're scared. We're scared of all these things. But if you're going to live your life in this comfort bubble of what is comfortable for you, then the greatness that is outside of that comfort zone, you'll never be able to achieve it. And yeah. a lot of people are really okay with living a life of mediocrity, but I knew that I was destined for more. So for sure. Now, when you started your business, your first business at 19, what kind of support and guidance did you have to help you through this process? So something that I did at a very young age. So my father was an entrepreneur, okay. very grateful to have had his guidance my entire life. I still remember I was probably, I don't know, 10, 12, something like that, driving to a hockey game with him. And you know, looking out at a fancy car that we were driving by. And I said, if I'm a doctor, am I going to be able to afford that car one day? Yeah. And he was like, mm, maybe I said, <laughs> okay, well, if I'm a lawyer, can I afford that car one day? And he said, oh, I don't know, you know, maybe if you marry a doctor and you're a lawyer, then, you know, maybe mm-hmm. I said, well, what if I'm an entrepreneur? Like, what if I own my own business? And he said the way that I lit up when I said that, yeah. you could feel the intensity and the passion in me when I said that he's like, you are going to be a business owner, <laughs> going to build an empire. There's no doubt in my mind. Wow. So yeah, I think it was just kind of like always a part of my journey. But so my dad was a big influence on my life. My uncle has owned every business imaginable throughout his life. <laughs> and I learned so many lessons from him and, and used to sit on his lap at Christmas time and yeah. hear all kinds of wild stories about, you know, businesses that didn't succeed and businesses that did really well and people that sued him. And he always said to me, if you aren't getting a lot of haters, you're not making a big enough splash. So I I had my dad, I had my uncle. And then of course I had my first mentor when I was 19 that, that I invested in, couldn't even afford her at all. Didn't have the money for it, (laughs) but but I knew the impact that it was going to have. And I knew I had the drive, but I didn't have the knowledge or the education on how to run a business yet. Yeah, You know, you go to school for business and you have these textbook answers and I could write a wicked essay, Yeah, but in order to actually implement that into what does that even mean to actually run a business, that was a whole nother level. So having those three mentors in my life was probably one of the, the biggest reasons that I was able to take off as quickly as I did. So would that be another piece of advice then you would give to budding entrepreneurs is invest in mentorship, figure out a way to do it? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's a component of what I do in my third business now as well is really helping people to reach those goals where they've got that drive and they've got that passion, but they can't seem to connect the dots into, well, what do I do with this? Like, what are my actual action items? So I think that's kind of a missing puzzle for a lot of people is they have, again, that scarcity mindset where they think, well, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars, but I don't have it right now. And if I spend this much money on a mentor, how am I going to get there? But so many people need to get into that abundant mindset and realize that in order to reach those levels, you have to invest into yourself. Yeah. What was your first business you opened called? And can you tell us a bit about it, how it all came to be and began? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was a journey. <laughs> so yeah, 19 years old, I was still working for Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, knew in my heart that I wasn't destined to be there forever. 
trying to climb that corporate ladder. And I had always had a passion for the beauty industry. It wasn't like my, my true love. My true love was always in sports, but I always had kind of this passion there and I always kind of dabbled in it. And I thought, well, how can I just make some quick cash? Like, what can I do on the side? So I took a makeup artistry program and it became a makeup artist with the Canadian beauty college. And I started doing weddings. I started doing wedding makeup. I advertised to some friends, told some people at Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, We actually had a sponsorship with People's Jewelers and we did this beautiful, huge wedding. There was this massive social contest and the couple that won the contest got married down on at the ACC at the time is what it was called. Yeah. And I did the makeup for the wedding and that kind of got me on the map and a few other things transpired from there. And then I took the makeup to another level and decided, okay, well, makeup really was kind of like a weekend gig. So I could do it a lot on Saturdays and Sundays when people were getting married I didn't want to get into doing editorial. I didn't want to get into doing everything during the week. So I said, well, what else can I do during the week to fill my time? And I took a a permanent makeup course and I got into doing eyebrows and permanent makeup. Mm -hmm. And then I got into doing lash extensions and took some more courses. I've taken over 20 different courses to date now Wow! and just kind of really build up my clientele and reputation from a tiny little bedroom in my townhouse in in Whitby, Ontario. So (laughs) Yeah, it started super small, continued to grow. And at one point, I've, I've got two little French bulldogs. And at one point, one of my dogs ate one of my client's shoes. She oh, came in for a $500 no. treatment. <laughs> she walked out the door with a, a broken pair of shoes. And I had to hand her her $500 back to go fix her shoes. Oh. And that's when I said to myself, all right, it's time to rent a space. It's time to get out of the house and take yeah. this to the next level. So took that to the next level, rented a small room inside of a, a Gunji building. Really? It was not a storefront. It was in the middle of the building. Yeah. That got busier. I brought on a friend, a teammate to, to help grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, she got really busy. We hired a third girl. She got busy. We hired a fourth girl. Holy and shit. And I was outgrowing that space and, and decided to open my own 2000 square foot storefront studio. Wow. So that's kind of where we, where we live today. Amazing. Now, in 2019, you opened up your second business called Cashel Couture. Can -hmm. you talk to us and tell us a bit about that business? I would love to. So Cashel, most people wouldn't know this. A lot of people don't even know how to pronounce it. So kudos for pronouncing it correctly. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So Cashel is actually the name of the lake that my cottage is on. So when I started to build the brand Cashel, it was very apparent to me that I wanted it to represent strong women. That's what I wanted. I wanted women who had the fear of starting this business. Maybe they were going to start it from their home bedroom in their house, just like I did. I wanted them to be able to have top quality products. So Cashel Couture is an e-commerce line and it's all in the lash industry to support uh, the beauty salon and, and our training academy. But it was so much more about the story that it told. So a lot of our names of the products in the line are after a Latin word for strong and the Latin word for warrior. Right. And all of the branding around it is representing strength in women and that they can do this too. And these products are premium products with premium packaging, but they're affordable. They're affordable for women who, you know, want to have some beautiful packaging on display for their clients and have something of quality, but they don't have a ton of money to invest in some of these product lines out there that are honestly unaffordable for people who are starting out to Mm -hmm. get into. So the story behind it was I grew a lot of my strength from the time that I spent at my cottage and how much that that lake and that lake house means to me. Yeah. Uh, and I just love the name. So that's kind of where it, it was derived from. Beautiful. Now, 
how long had you been running CB Beauty before you opened your second business? And what inspired the decision to open the second business? So the number of years, I don't actually know. I'd have to go back and count them all. I'm guessing it's probably <laughs> around five or six years. It, it, was, it was a decent amount into the journey. Inspired it was, so we predominantly were performing services in the studio, but then we also launched a training academy. Okay. So I got to the point where a lot of other people were reaching out saying that I was inspiring to them and they were interested in how they could start their own journey. So I got onto the educational side of things and uh, started working with the National Association of Lash Artists as a, a registered educator and had a lot of other opportunities that came my way. And through those programs, through building out educational programs, I realized that why am I spending all this money buying all these great products to put inside my students' kits when I'm not really completely happy with all of these products? I'm, I'm picking and choosing something from here and something from here and something from here to have the kit the way that I want it to be for my students why don't I just create a product line that represents everything I want it to for them? So that's where it started. It was about a year and a half to two years of research and mm -hmm. uh, the whole development stage in terms of coming up with my products exactly the way that I wanted to and not just being, you know, slapping my logo on a product label. Right. But it came to the point where it was something that I could truly stand behind and I was really grateful and, and proud of the products. Yeah. Uh, and that's when we launched. Amazing. Now, when did you open your third business? And you can, share, can you share a bit about that business with us as well? Well, probably about 20 of them before I die, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, no doubt. I have no um, doubt. <laughs> yeah. So this third one, and uh, this third one by far is the one that I'm the most proud of, which is interesting because it's the newest, but I truly feel so aligned with this decision. And I'm going to tell you a little bit of a backstory, not trying sure, to make it yeah. too long here. No, but no, it's okay. I'm pretty spiritual. I'm a very spiritual person. I believe a lot in energy. And I went and saw a psychic and it was right at the beginning of COVID. So okay. I guess, was that 2020? Yes. yes so yes, March, yes. 2020, the doors to CB Beauty was March 17th. I will remember that date. We were told from the health department that we had to close. Okay. And I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, I've never been told that I had to close the business. Right. And I was terrified. And I went and saw a psychic and to make a long story short, the psychic said to me, you have this healing power that's within mm. you. And within the next year, you're going to be spreading that healing power because I don't know how that plays into your beauty journey or to your hockey and sports journey. Yeah. There's something in there and you're going to be sharing that gift with people. And he's like, I can't wait to see you in a year from now. So when it was about November rolled around and I think it was a couple of shutdowns. I don't remember at this point, you know, <laughs> there's been so many we got to lock the doors. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided that I was again, being the entrepreneurial mind that I am, I wasn't going to accept that the government was telling me that I couldn't work. Okay. Right. So I can't go in and do these beauty services right now. I could potentially bring clients to my home and risk getting caught and risk getting a fine. Which yeah. I know a lot of people did no judgment. Yeah. I chose not to take that path. And I decided I was going to start another venture. So I said, what other ways can I help and how can I serve? So instead of just being, you know, here to do these beauty services, what other skills do I have? And it kind of came back to my roots in business, business and marketing. And I said, well, I can help others do what I've done. I can help educate people and, and share my, my journey with people. So I took a course in business coaching. It was with Rob Dial's team. I had found him through a podcast. I listened to his podcast religiously and uh, I, I loved him. I was inspired by him. I took his coaching program. And from that, they kind of give you the framework on how to build your coaching business. And right. I guess if you want to say I started it in late November, and that has been my business that's taken off the quickest. So it's been, you know, can't even imagine my life without the people that I've met throughout this journey and the clients that I have now the opportunity to work with and the type of healing work that I'm doing now. 
and to wrap this story up for you, I had my yearly meeting with this psychic <laughs> and we, we popped on the zoom chat. And the yeah. first thing he said was, wow, like your entire energy has shifted. He goes, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. And he goes, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it. That's phenomenal. What a story. Amazing. It's, it's funny because so many people have had to, and I don't like using this word, but pivot during the pandemic and figure mm -hmm. out what to do. I mean, you have, you have two choices, right? You can either sit and wallow in this shit and, and feel sorry for yourself because you can't do this or can't do that because of the pandemic, or you choose to rise above it and figure out what else to do, how else you can move, how else you can get other things going and just do it. Mm -hmm. So what and you've done is a huge testament. That's the mindset of a champion. There you go. Right there. Perfect. <laughs> what excites or lights you up the most about being an entrepreneur, Cassandra? Oh my goodness, a million things. But if you want me to pick just one, it's uh, it's the freedom and flexibility to determine my own future. Love so it. whatever that means to you, deciding mm -hmm. the the number that you make on your paycheck, great. That's That's one small component to it. But for me, it's one of the biggest realizations was when I went to book a vacation and I worked for Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment and I went to book a vacation and it said, you do not have enough vacation days left to take this vacation. Wow. And I said to myself, I will never once again in my life, see that message. I will never read that message ever again. So something that drives me every day is knowing that I get to make the decisions. And if that means I don't ever want to take a vacation, or if it means I want to take 15 vacations, yeah. I get to make that decision. Amazing. Now, I read that you've scaled CB Beauty to a seven-figure business today. What is the most important skill set you can attribute to being able to achieve that level of success and hitting that milestone, would you say? So I'm going to give you two. Sure. <laughs> so the first one for me is a team, teamwork. You are one person. There are 24 hours in the day. You can only do so many things. Yeah. If you want to take your businesses to the next level, you need a team that is going to be there to support you and that you can rely on and that you can trust. So one of the biggest ways that I was able to start this third business, I am so grateful for my staff who has really stepped up and taken the reins at the studio so that I am able to be away and to grow this third business. And the second thing are systems. A lot of people don't have the proper systems set in place in terms of, you know, taking all the tedious work out of things that they would spend hours doing, you know, replying to emails or, you know, things that should be automated that they didn't have done, or they felt like always had to have a personal touch to it. But there's right. so many beautiful systems out there. It's 2021. I'm not great with technology, but <laughs> systems save you a lot of time. It was able to automate a lot of things in my business that I didn't need to be touching on a daily basis. Excellent. Now. You grew up and you still play competitive hockey and were very involved in sports. How have those skill sets and the lessons you've learned as an athlete transferred over and helped you in your career as a serial entrepreneur, do you think? Woo, I love this question. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to talk about it at some point here, but so Buckets and Gloves, which is a podcast that I run, yeah. is, is all around this. So it's, it's this entire conversation. And it started because of the question that you just asked me, Okay. what did I learn throughout being a hockey player from the age of three, playing boys, hockey, playing competitive hockey, playing university hockey, and every other sport that you can pretty much imagine that weren't traditional sports for women, your football, baseball, hockey. Yeah. And for me, it was being involved in those sports throughout my entire life taught me discipline is probably one of the biggest. It taught me teamwork. It taught me confidence. 100% is one of the biggest things that I think sports can teach people. 
There's so many valuable lessons that you learn throughout playing sport from a mindset perspective that are directly translatable to your businesses and the mindset that you need to have in terms of, I will 100% reach that goal. There's no matter of that. It's a matter of when. I'm going to reach that goal because it was the same thing in sport. You had these goals that you would set for yourself and there wasn't another option. There was never a second option. It was always just a matter of when. So dedication, confidence, uh, those are some huge ones. Mindset is such a huge piece of that puzzle. I think that's probably one of the most important pieces of the puzzle in life as an entrepreneur, just as a human being, mindset is so key to so many things. Yeah, it's that mental fitness component. For sure. What drives or motivates and inspires you to keep going, to keep pushing and excelling at all that you do, Cassandra? I mean, many things, uh, touching on that freedom, but I would probably say, honestly, it's uh, sometimes it's the ways that I have, quote unquote, because I don't believe in this word, but failed, mm-hmm. or you know, the things that have set me back, those are the things that keep pushing me to that next level because I will set these great goals for myself. I'll find a way to reach them. I'll find a way to accomplish them. And then it's like, what's next? And you know, you can have these championships if I want to talk from a sports perspective, or if you have these business goals and you reach them for anyone who knows me, I'm one of those people who I really like to be shot straight. I like people to tell me straight up how things are good, bad, ugly. And it's because when I hear the bad or the ugly, that's where I'm like, Oh, that's where there's room for improvement. That's where there's room for growth. And that's what continues to drive me because, you know, I can reach all of these great goals, but there's always going to be a next level. And I just got to always figure out what that is. <laughs> I love it. Just I love a little bit drive. competitive. <laughs> That's okay. Competitiveness is good. It's good to have that competitive edge for sure. Now you had mentioned about just previous the previous question about these traditional sports not being for women, as they say. So keeping in that vein or that theme, me coming from a corporate background, I've seen, and even now the mindset and behavior of that old boys club mentality when it comes to certain things in the corporate world, like equal pay for, and I'm sure you can attest to this coming from the corporate background, equal pay for women, women in C-suite level positions in these corporations. And Yes. I mean, I think we're seeing a change, but it's still nowhere near where it needs to be. We've still got that old boys club mentality from the forties. What are your thoughts on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women run businesses? And are you seeing a shift in terms of more women making the jump into entrepreneurship? And if so, why do you think that is? A hundred percent. This is a beautiful question for timing for us, because we just actually had a really beautiful conversation released yesterday on our podcast with Dr. Jen Welter, who was the first female to ever coach in the National Football League. And when I tell you this is a beautiful conversation, like that's an understatement. It was a phenomenal conversation. She can do that question that you just asked me more justice than I can, because she's a doctor in psychology and master's in sports psychology and all those other things. But if we translate it, it's the same. It's the same for business. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, I definitely saw it in corporate. And it was one of the reasons why I got out, but it's 2021. Like it's 2021. Things are a little bit different from the 1940s and the 1950s where we were wrapped up in corsets and, you know, literally had the air sucked from us and we couldn't breathe. And we were supposed to be in the kitchen and all those sorts of things, which uh, Jen alludes to in our, in our episode, but there's such a shift now where women are feeling so much more capable. And I think one of the biggest components to it is supporting and, and sharing everything wildly. Women now more than ever are 
feeling like they can step into it and they don't have to have those traditional roles. They don't have to be the one that stays home with the kids. What about paternity leave? What about men being able to stay home and and take care of the kids? I'm not a chef. I'm not a cook. I can tell you right now, (laughs) I will never be a cook. I will get meal plans. And and I I have a a wonderful gentleman who delivers my meals for me Mm -hmm. because I don't have time to cook and I'm not in a relationship, but if I ever am married and have kids, he better be a damn good cook because I'm not. And uh, he can it. cook Thanksgiving turkey while I'm watching football because that's just how things work for me. So there's definitely it. a shift. A lot of my clients are women now, and I absolutely love it. It just fuels me to see women stepping up and taking that opportunity to step into their leadership and entrepreneurship. I love that. I think that's incredible. He can cook and I'll be watching the football game. <laughs> I mean, if you could have the baby, that would be great too. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a, a few years away yet and some scientific <laughs> discovery, but I, I mean, guess... I think there was an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie about that though. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, Cassandra, with you being a serial entrepreneur yourself, what are your thoughts on the shift in mindset and how do you think women continue to push through and continue to break down these barriers and ways of thinking? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest things is supporting each other and having that sense of community. It's hard to be the first. It's it's hard to be the second, but it's a little bit easier to be the third, fourth, fifth, right. sixth, et cetera. So, you know, now we've got so many women that are stepping into these roles and there should be more of us. There should be more strong women that are stepping up and they're, and they're not afraid to show that leadership and to be inspirational for younger women. And I think that it just needs to be shared more and it needs to be talked about a lot more so that women realize that there are those opportunities and that they don't have to stay defined to those old rules or old ways of of thinking. Right. Now, I mean, even for me coming from a corporate background and what I've seen in the past 18 months now with a shift in terms of I'm seeing it through the podcast and, and the community that I've created, more women are supporting one another and, and lifting each other up. Whereas years ago, back in, when I was back working back in the corporate world, there was a lot of competition mindset among women and women tearing each other down and not supporting one another. So it's an incredible shift that I've personally seen as a man where women are supporting one another, which I think is amazing. And, and it will only continue to further the progress of, of women and entrepreneurship when they support one, when women support one another. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I think it kind of comes back to that. There weren't always that many opportunities for women. Right. If there was you know, if I want to talk about like a a round table, if there was one seat available for a woman, then they would claw and scratch to get that one seat. Yeah. And for sure, it's definitely changing. There's definitely a a big shift. And, you know, some of my best friends are badass female entrepreneurs and we support each other and we share each other and we are constantly there for each other when we want to take that next level. And uh, I love that you said that because that mindset definitely still exists. You still feel it. There's still that scarcity mindset when it comes to it. And you think that, well, if she's doing it, it's already been done or, you know, I I can't do it as well. And it's just a competition. Whereas men aren't like that. No. When when you talk about men, they support each other so much more than women do. And it's, it's definitely frustrating. And it's something that I would love to see shift even more than it already has. So how do you think we continue to shift that then? I think it comes down to just exactly what you said. It's more supporting other women, mm-hmm. sharing other women's stories, things like this, the podcast that you're doing now and, mm-hmm. and being able to support other women rather than seeing them as competition. Because again, I don't think that men do that as much as women do. We right. are so quick to tear each other down instead of lifting each other up. 
So I think it's just about educating and, and sharing, sharing wildly. When you find a badass female entrepreneur or a badass athlete, it, it should be shared. It shouldn't yeah. be so hard for young women to find women in business or women in sport at that level that they're looking up to. It shouldn't be so hard to find a female role model. So it comes down to sharing, sharing and educating. For sure. Now, as previously mentioned, Cassandra, you're a podcast host. Can you tell us a bit more about, I know you alluded to it briefly, but can you tell us a bit more about the podcast and where people can find it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would love to. So it's Buckets and Gloves with the letter N. Uh, They can find it on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and uh, those are the main ones, all the other small platforms as well. But uh, mm-hmm. I have a co-host, Mackenzie. We uh, are both hockey players since a very young age. She played a lot of boys hockey growing up and we actually play- played against each other. That's how we first met. Oh, okay. And we used to hate each other <laughs> talking about women tearing each other down. Yeah. We, we used to hate each other and spend a lot of time in the box fighting each other <laughs> because um, we did. We honestly wow. did. I think every time I played her team, the both of us were just in the penalty box. So, but it was because she was my competition. She was right. the one that was just as good as me. And it wasn't until this shift in mindset where we came together and I said, you're a badass female entrepreneur. I'm a badass female entrepreneur. And if we put our brains together, we are a lot more powerful than if we try to do this thing on our own. So the show is about inspiring, not just women, although we predominantly speak to women, but right. it is, it's about inspiring others to live their lives as champions through sport. So we shine the light on sport. A lot of the great and amazing things that are happening in the sports industry, we tie our lessons that we learned in sport back to business and to life in general. And there's just a lot of beautiful conversations and lessons all around the impact that sport has had on our lives. Excellent. What inspired you to start a podcast? I was tired of not using my voice. To be honest yeah. with you, this this coaching program that I took with Rob Dial really taught me that it's almost me doing a disservice and being selfish by being scared to share my voice and that I have done some great and remarkable things and that there are other women out there that need to hear those stories, not just women, but you know, obviously that's kind of what we're talking about yeah. today. And yeah. I decided that if I were to use my voice, that even if it's one person that I'm impacting, that is one person that I'm impacting and I could change one person's life. And to me, that was enough. For sure. To date, Cassandra, what would you say is one of your biggest highs or your greatest wins? I mean, I'm running off the energy of the coaching business now. So this is huge for me because this business is so much more about serving. It's about connecting and it's about feeling really aligned from a spiritual perspective, being aligned with my purpose and my journey. So this to me feels like my biggest win. Yeah. So that would be my first answer. I think a lot of people would probably allude to the fact that, yeah, I have a seven figure business, but for me, it's not about the money. It's about the feeling of alignment and and being um, on purpose rather than on self. Yeah. Being of service to others and giving back and having an impact on other human beings. It's a lot more rewarding. Let me tell you, anyone who's focused on the numbers, that's not a life of purpose. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think in business, we tend, when we're starting out, we tend to focus on the money because that's what we want. That's part of the reason is, is to, to make money. But I found that if you focus on your mission and your purpose, the money will come eventually. It will get there. Like I would love to just double click on that because I can agree with you more. <laughs> I, I really couldn't. So many people, they just, they'll get on a call with me for coaching and they say, I say, what are your goals? Well, I want to be a millionaire. Okay. Yeah. Why do you want that? Because then I can buy a nice house. Okay. Why do you want to buy a nice house? Because then everyone will think that I'm rich. Okay. Why does it matter if people think that you're rich? Yeah. Well, because then everyone will think that I've done something successful. 
Okay. So it comes down to your definition of success being based on money. Right. Whereas it's so much more about your purpose and about aligning with serving and what your purpose is. Because to me, I could have all the money in the world, but if I don't feel aligned and if I don't feel connected, I'm going to be freaking lonely. That sounds really lonely to me. Yeah, for sure. And this is a great segue into my next couple of questions. So what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Probably hustle. Hustle has definitely been, been one of them. And something that people tell me a lot, which I think is a superpower because I have learned to identify what it means mm-hmm. is a lot of people have told me throughout my entire life that I'm intimidating. You are intimidating. And for that, maybe they're scared to reach out to me. Guys are scared to ask me out, you know, all those types of things. I hear it. I've heard it since I was a little kid, but my intensity is my superpower. Right. My intensity is what makes me successful. And I'm not going to dim that light or, or play small in fear of making other people feel that way. Instead, I'm going to use it to inspire other people to get to this level because that's where everyone deserves to be. Beautiful. Now, speaking of success, how do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you? Alignment. To me, uh, success is feeling aligned when you can feel, and unless you've truly felt what that feels like for anyone who is kind of in that mindset space and, and, you know, meditates or they journal or they do visualization or attend mindset retreats, yoga, those types of practices. When you feel alignment, that's success to me. You know, again, I think so many people would tell you it's money having a certain dollar amount in their bank account or hitting certain levels in their life or in their businesses, being married, having kids, those types of things. None of those are on my checklist for success. For me, it's feeling truly happy, my friends and family around me being happy and feeling aligned with what my life's purpose and mission is. Love it. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? I think one of the biggest things is to me, and I alluded to this earlier, I don't believe in the word failure. To me, you only fail if you ever quit. So have there been 10,000 times in my life that people have said no, doors have been slammed in my face, clients have said no, people break up with you, you know, something doesn't go right in your life. It's happened to me a million times. That happens to all of us a million times. But one of the biggest lessons for me is that that doesn't mean the end. Something awful that I went through in my business that I I should change my wording there because I used to say it was awful and I'm grateful for it. It went through a a very big lawsuit in one of my businesses. And at the time I was so angry about it and I thought I was failing and I kept on using the word failing. But unless you quit and unless you let something defeat you, you're Mm -hmm. never actually failing. So that has been a huge thing for me because every single day I'll face something that people may cower or they may cave to it and they may let it take over and they may let it defeat them. But to me, I look at it as, okay, this is an opportunity for me to course correct and smash through this. So that's love it. I think as entrepreneurs, I mean, we hear the word no so often and it does get to people. And I think what we have to learn in terms of mindset around that is that No does not necessarily mean a permanent no. It just means not right now. No, not Mm -hmm. right now. That's all. And if you get into that mindset, I think things will open up and change for you as well is shifting the mindset around the word no. Yeah, I completely agree. And the second component to that too is if I'm going to take this to a business perspective, they're not necessarily saying no to you. Yeah, They're saying no to your offer. 
Right. Right. Again, if I'm just thinking from a business yeah. perspective, mm-hmm. so many times we'll present an offer to someone and they say no and we take it personally. Oh my gosh, yeah. they don't like me. You know, they don't want to work with me. And, and yeah. you know, they get into this victim mindset. Whereas you have to be able to separate those two and understand that they're not saying no to you. And even if they are, who freaking cares? Because at yeah. the end of the day, it doesn't matter. That's right. What do you think then the most common reason for people giving up? We won't use the word failing. People giving (laughs) up is fear for sure. That would be a strong one is they're scared. People are scared of rejection. They don't like that feeling. It hurts, sucks, and they don't want to experience it again. And because they don't want to experience that feeling again, they just want to stay inside their comfort zone in whatever avenue of their life that might be. But what they have to realize is greatness is on the other side of it. So they got to pull their socks back up and get back out there. What is one of your biggest, we won't use that word, the F word. (laughs) What is one of your biggest life lessons or teachable moments? And what did you learn from it? I mean, if I can think of a specific, I have been through quite a few as we all have. I mean, I'm only 31 Mm -hmm. years old and we all have our stories and we all have our scars that the lawsuit, if I want to talk about that for a moment of vulnerability, that was a huge learning lesson from a business perspective. And from that, it was, it was more about being able to forgive myself because I wasn't taking any ownership for the experience. And the second that I stopped deflecting and being so angry and resisting to what was happening and decided that I was going to take ownership for what had happened and work through it. That was a lesson that I've been able to apply to everything that's happened since that in terms of what was my part in this experience? This isn't just on them, but I had a part in this, right? So how can I take ownership from this? Because that's just going to make me a better person moving forward. Amazing. Cassandra, what is your personal motto? (laughs) I have quite a few, but one of the biggest ones is (laughs) if it's meant to be, it is up to me. Mm, I like that one. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section. So the next group of questions just be one, two, three word answer type thing. Okay. Okay. Got it. How would you describe yourself in one word? Hustler. What's the first thing you notice about a person? Their energy. If you were stranded on a deserted island and could only have one item, what would it be? My dog. (laughs) (laughs) If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? To be self-aware. What's one thing you want, but cannot buy with money? I mean, I have it, but happiness. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? So that more people were (laughs) (laughs) self-aware. My favorite way to unwind is? Playing with my dogs. What is one of your favorite entrepreneurial books? Oh my goodness. There's so many. I love Atomic Habits. It's a really great one. Rocket Fuel. Great one. Okay. Entrepreneur life is? The best. What would your friends and parents say is a couple of your best characteristics? Oh, I already know the answer to this. They tell me all the time. She's unstoppable. <laughs> they, they say she's unstoppable and she's inspiring. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> <laughs> How did well, I do coach? You did awesome. You <laughs> What would you say top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur? Dedication, which is kind of the same as drive. Uh, you got to connect with your why. Yeah. There has to be a why there has to be a purpose to why you're doing what you're doing. And you have to, you have to be able to step outside of your comfort zone and not be scared of that. That's a big one. The comfort mm-hmm. zone. That is a huge, huge one for people. What is your favorite productivity hack for entrepreneurs? Habit stacking is a really big one for me. I use habit stacking a lot. So just to give a small example for anyone who doesn't know what that means, something very silly. If you ever are around me, you would know when I brush my teeth, I sit down and I do setups <laughs> while I'm brushing my teeth. <laughs> 
there's a nice visual for you. But yeah, to be productive, I have to do so many sit-ups in a day. And I also have to brush my teeth in a day. So if I can stack those and put those two things together, then I'm checking two things off the bucket list. Habit stacking. All right. I like that. (laughs) Cassandra, what is the most entrepreneurial thing about you? I think it's probably just my like desire to never stop. Like I will absolutely never stop. It doesn't matter what you put in my way. You can set an expectation that you think is so unachievable. And I've had some of my mentors ask me, what is your impossible moment? And I said, I can't answer that question because nothing for me is impossible. If I want something bad enough, I will figure out a way to get there. So that's, that's a huge thing that's helped me with being an entrepreneur. That is amazing. Again, it goes back to mindset. It's always mindset. Always, Everything we always. do in life is mindset. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what does the word empowerment mean to you? Empowering is inspiring others to step into their own power, you know, showing them a way of life, but making them and spark that drive inside of them so that they want to do it on their own. Love it. Can you tell me about a moment when a person's kindness made a difference in your life? Oh yeah. It's interesting. When you said this question, it was like, instantly flashed into my mind and I'll make a long story short. Sure. I used to take the go train every day down to Toronto, left my purse on the go train one day, long story short, next day got on the go train and a gentleman walked up to me, tapped me on the shoulder and gave me back my purse. Wow. And uh, he said, I see you every day on this train. And I, I knew you'd be back the next day. And, and there was not a single thing that was missing from my purse. There was cash in it. There was, you know, all kinds of stuff. And he didn't even go into it. He just knew that he was going to give it back to me the next day. And that was something that I think of and I carry with me throughout my entire life. It's something, of course, I would also carry forward, but it was Mm. just um, a reminder to me of the good hearted people that exist in this world. See, there are good people out there. Mm -hmm. It's just the media, the media pushes that everybody's bad and that all things are negative and the media that's just, uh, it's nice to have that affirmation when things like that happen. There needs to be a lot more kindness. For sure. 100%. Cassandra, what's the most recent investment you've made in yourself? Ooh, (laughs) I've made a lot. (laughs) Okay. The most recent one is I joined a a Kaizen Mastermind program, which I'm actually very excited about. Next week on Wednesday, we're heading out to Cabo for a week-long conference. But that was the biggest investment I've ever made in myself and in my own mindset. And I was terrified, terrified beyond terrified to make that investment because it wasn't a business investment in terms of me being able to physically see the return. Yeah. It was the way that I feel, the way that I show up and debunking things that I've dealt with in my life so that I can move forward from them. And to me, I've only been in it for about three months now. This will be my second live event. And it's been already life transformational for me. Amazing. So you've seen the results already. That's beautiful. If you could set up a billboard anywhere, where would you put it? And what would it say? I mean, I don't have a favorite place in the world other than I love Austin, Texas. <laughs> um, so, so maybe there, but honestly, probably, probably just where I live, like uh, around my community, because I can impact people more where I, where I am and where I live. And it would say, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Love it. Cassandra, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Exactly what I just said. You're exactly <laughs> where you're supposed to be. Something when I was younger, you're always wanting to be older, always wanting mm-hmm. to be one step ahead. And then you get older and you want to be younger and you know, door slam in your face and you don't understand why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? But if I could tell myself it is all part of your journey and it's all happening exactly how it's supposed to be, just trust the process. It's happening for you. Mm-hmm. 
I love it. I love that you know that. <laughs> there you go. Lastly, Cassandra, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? For anyone who knows me, I'm very intense. It would definitely be a, a pep talk. It, it wouldn't be calm by any means, but just, you know, inspiring people to step outside of their comfort zone more than anything. There are so many beautiful opportunities in this world and it upsets me to know that so many people are capable of so much and yet they're scared scared is the biggest word they're so scared and they want to stay inside their comfort zone so they are okay with living a life of mediocrity they're okay with someone else telling them how to live their life and if they were just to have enough confidence to step into that unknown territory and be able to experience what that feels like if more people were able to do that there would be there would be a lot more kindness there would be a lot more aligned people there'd be a lot more happiness in the world Love it. Cassandra, thank you so very much for taking the time to be here today. And you are an incredible inspiration with all that you've managed to accomplish up to this point. And I'm sure you will accomplish so, so much more, but your drive and all of it is so inspiring. This conversation has been thoroughly enjoyable and I truly appreciate you taking the time to be here and share a bit about your story and your journey. And to help inspire others through your story. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that it helps somebody have a better day. Oh, I'm sure it will. I have no doubt. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Cassandra Britton. She is the owner and founder of the CB Mindset. Thank you so much, Cassandra. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.